St. Giles Online. Hello and welcome to St. Giles Online. Uh, it's great to have you with us. I'm Lee, I'm the Vicar of St. Giles and this is our Sunday morning podcast, replacing our usual Sunday services while we are all in lockdown. Um, if you're a regular member of St. Giles, a big hello to you. And uh, if you've never been to the church, uh, perhaps maybe you've stumbled across us on the internet. Well, it is fantastic to have you with us as well. We're going to start our time together today with worship and you'll find a link to the words for the songs in the show notes below so you can follow along with us. Thanks, Lee. Hi, everyone. It's Dave here. And before we worship this Palm Sunday, let's just remind ourselves that our God knows exactly what each and every one of us are going through right now. He knows our fears and worries, our daily challenges. And even though life is very different right now, he is enough. Jesus is enough. I'm going to read the first four verses of Psalm 23, which I'm sure you will know very well. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so we worship this morning with that image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd and our king and we imagine his triumphal entry into Jerusalem a week before that Easter Sunday and his resurrection we look to him as our king and our saviour come now is the time to worship come now is the time to tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to Now 
Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The sun comes up. to sing the song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his hope Never before, oh. 
Sunday at the start of Holy Week is known as Palm Sunday because it is a Sunday when we remember Jesus riding into Jerusalem upon a donkey and being greeted by crowds and children waving palm branches and welcoming him as their king. Chris, Emily, Lily, Hannah Maria, Susanna, Esther, Dom and Dan are going to read to us from Matthew's account of this from his gospel. It's Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 to 11. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. As they approached Jerusalem and came to the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Feed the daughter Zion. See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. 
The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus at the temple. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, He said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city of Bethany, where he spent the night. Let's pray. Only Father, I pray that wherever we are and whenever we listen to this talk, you would speak to us. I pray that by your spirit, you would speak words of encouragement and grace to us. To the glory of Jesus, your son, our Lord. Amen. So we're in Matthew 21, which in your Bibles and mine comes before Matthew 22 and after Matthew 20. And I don't say that just as a joke, uh, because the context of this passage is important. It helps to show us what's going on in the life of Jesus. In Matthew 22, we have the parable of the wedding banquet. A king sends servants to announce a banquet has been set up and all are invited. The banquet, we are told, is like the kingdom of heaven. All are welcome. They just need to accept the invitation. Of course, though everything is ready, the guests ignore the invite. And so those who do not deserve to come are welcomed instead. A king, an invitation that is rejected, a pronouncement of judgment, and then a further invitation to those who would ordinarily be excluded. In Matthew 20, the chapter before we're told of Jesus's arrival in Jerusalem, we have Jesus predicting his death. In words that are startlingly plain from one who often spoke in parables, Jesus tells his disciples, we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. So this is the context. Jesus's entry into Jerusalem is sandwiched between his telling his disciples that he's going to Jerusalem to die and will be raised again. And he's telling the parable of the king whose kingdom is like a banquet, to which all are invited but few attend. As if that wasn't enough, to give us clues as to what is happening, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus heals two blind men who proclaim him as king. Son of David, they cry, have mercy on us. And in the verses preceding our reading for today, we read that Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. On Palm Sunday, we retell the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, of him beginning the last week of his life, the week we now know as Holy Week, and we remind ourselves and those who do not know Christ that Jesus entered that week as king. That What he's doing here is declaring his kingship, announcing his presence and inviting the crowds, men, women and children, to follow him. 
just as these miraculously healed eyes made sight possible and called others to follow him, so spiritually he's doing the same by declaring his kingship. Throughout his life and ministry, Jesus has been somewhat circumspect as to who he really is. The clues have been there for sure, but you've had to listen really carefully to his words, puzzle over his teaching, mull over the signs that he's presented. In fact, on a couple of occasions, we read that the crowds tried to make Jesus king by force, but Jesus evaded them because, in his words, his time had not yet come. Well now, at the height of his ministry, after three years of teaching and healing, performing signs and wonders, Jesus' time has come. The king is about to come into his kingdom, and all are invited, summoned even, to swear allegiance to him. Briefly today, I want to reflect upon three ways Jesus declares his kingship through this triumphal entry into Jerusalem. All of them are Jewish. He's fulfilling Jewish promises of a coming king and messiah. And in the greatest of ironies, Pilate will have the words, the king of the Jews, placed above his head. A head which is crowned with thorns when he's enthroned upon a wooden cross. But, and this is an important but, all of these declarations are far more than just claims to be a Jewish messiah or a Jewish king. Jesus's claims are far, far bigger than that. Matthew's Gospel is going to end with these words. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus knows that he is king over all the nations, not just Israel. And he invites people of all nations to come to him, enter into his kingdom by pledging allegiance to him as their king. So firstly, Jesus declares his kingship by riding into Jerusalem upon a donkey. He sends two of his disciples ahead of him. He says these words, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied there, and a colt with her, and tie them and bring them to me. Why? What is he doing? Why does he want to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey? Never before has he done such a thing. Matthew tells us why in verses 4 and 5. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, that is to Israel, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. This is a quote from the prophet Zechariah. Jesus has chosen to act out the fulfilment of this prophecy and to declare his kingship in the action of riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. This means that Jesus is saying, yes, I am the king that was promised. For that's what the prophet says it means. Behold your king. But he's also saying, I'm gentle and lowly. I'm not coming on a white war horse with a sword to conquer you and enslave you as other kings entered into their cities of conquest. No. He's saying, I'm coming to save you, to rescue you. Jesus is saying this is the time. This is the moment. This is the hour of salvation. That's declaration number one. Jesus very intentionally acts out the fulfilment of the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9 and declares his humble, gentle, saving kingship and invites us to receive it. Secondly, Jesus declares his kingship by cleansing the temple. A house of prayer which Jesus incidentally calls my house, has been subverted to another purpose. 
and Jesus assumes the authority to put things right. He acts out another Old Testament text. We're told he entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple courts. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. No gentle Jesus, meek and mild here. This is a king with a passion for his house and his heavenly father's glory. The Old Testament reference is found in the writings of the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 56, we read of the coming of the kingdom of God, of God putting things right in the world. And as part of this, Isaiah prophesies that the Jewish temple will be restored to be a house of prayer for all people, even those who were formerly estranged from God. In Isaiah 56 verse 7 we read, Even those I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. The Lord God, who gathers the dispersed of Israel, declares, Yet others I will gather to them, to those already there. Jesus takes upon himself the kingly mantle of being the one who cleanses the temple and who brings about the restoration of all peoples through his rule. Thirdly, and finally for us today, Jesus declares his kingship through healing. Verse 14 it says, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. What an impact this must have had. Jesus is in the most public place of the city, the temple. And we're talking about blind people being able to see, lame people being able to walk. This is a public demonstration of something. And we've already been told what it's a demonstration of. Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, we hear of John the Baptist being in jail and he sends word and asks Jesus, Are you the expected one or shall we look for something else? In other words, are you the coming King of Israel, the Messiah? And Jesus sends this word back to John in Matthew 11, verses 4 and 5. Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight and the lame walk. In other words, yes, yes, I am the coming king. And you can know I'm the coming king because the blind see and the lame walk. Jesus announces his kingship, not riding on a war horse, but on a humble beast of burden, a donkey. He's humble and gentle. He comes to weep over Jerusalem, not conquer it, to free his people, not enslave them. He comes cleansing his father's house to make it a house of prayer for all the nations. He comes healing the blind and the lame. He comes to show that he's the king of kings and lord of lords, and that his kingdom is a kingdom of freedom, not fear, a kingdom of healing and peace. He rises into Jerusalem to show that in the events that will follow, he's not losing his kingdom, but demonstrating the nature of it, revealing that it is to be found in the cross and the empty tomb, in his giving his life as a ransom for many. The king in the parable that Jesus tells his disciples after he's ridden into Jerusalem, that king invites all to his banquet, but few accept his invitation and therefore they forfeit their place at the table. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the hour of salvation. Jesus is the king who issues his summons today, who invites all people to trust him, to receive his pardon, to enter into his kingdom and become his subject. The crowds called upon Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us. And that's where acknowledging his kingship begins, in asking him to save us, to deliver us, to pardon 
and heal us. Trust him today. Receive his pardon today. Become his subject today. Now I'm going to invite Daphne to lead us in the Gloria, a declaration of allegiance to Christ, our Lord and King. Thanks, Lee. If you know the words to the Gloria, please do join in. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. And now the collet for Palm Sunday. True and humble King, hailed by the crowd as Messiah, grant us the faith to know you and love you that we may be found beside you on the way of the cross, which is the path of glory. Amen. Thank you. 
Thanks so much to Will and Lisa for putting that song together. Raise a hallelujah. We're now going to pray to our Heavenly Father and leading us in our prayers is Claire Bills with a little bit of help from Olivia and Theo. Let's pray. Dear God, can you get all the people back at the church to eat all Dear God, we pray for those people who can't get to the shops. We pray you'll provide people to be there, to help them to get the things that they need. Oh, man. Dear God, can you make all the biscuits? Oh, man. And now three things that we'd like to thank God for. Dear God, thank you for our family, for this time to spend with each other. And we thank you for technology, which enables us to keep in contact with those people that we can't see. Amen. Dear God, can you make all the flowers really good? Um, amen. And Father, we thank you for the doctors and nurses and the vets, all the people who are helping to keep everyone well. Keep them safe at this difficult time, we pray. Amen. amen. St Giles Online. Download the podcast in iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. I'm Emma Rez, and every week on the St Giles podcast, I'm going to be talking to um, someone different about uh, all sorts of things. So if you hear us talking on the podcast and you think, you know what, I'd like a go on this, just let me or Lee know and we'll get you on as soon as we possibly can. And I'm delighted this week uh, to be speaking to lovely Rich Miller. Hello. Good morning. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Emma. Good. So presumably you're at home with your lovely wife, Jess, and little boy, Jackson. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I'm finally on my Easter holidays. Hey, because you're a teacher, aren't you, rather than a school child? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'm a school teacher. <laughs> and what, what kind of teacher are you, Rich? Uh, so I'm a primary school teacher and I work at Nottingham High School. Wonderful. So a lot of people listening, their ears will have pricked up in, uh, in anticipation of what you're going to be saying, because there are a lot of parents worrying about having children at home at the moment with people staying at home and uh, a lot of the schools closed um, apart from key worker children. So we're going to be talking about that. And I think the first question that a lot of parents want to know is what realistically should they be doing in terms of homeschooling? Well, I think when talking to colleagues about it um, all this week and last week, we've kind of re- just really been saying to one another and reiterating the same message to parents is not to worry or to stress about the work that's been sent home from school. They've got to do what they can with their child There is absolutely no obligation to complete every single piece of work. We've had uh, some parents who worry that their child's work hasn't been submitted on time. But uh, we're in a very 
difficult and tricky situation right now and you've just got to do to do what you can to support your child in the best way possible I think that's good advice and I, I think it's um it's worth sort of noting I mean I don't have children at school my, my two are still a bit little for school but um of the friends that I've been talking to sort of saying you, you don't you're not doing the job of a teacher that's not what teachers are expecting yeah that's correct I mean it's so difficult because when we're in term time and when everything is normal we're, we're there the teachers are there to to teach the curriculum but when the majority of the children aren't in school there's no way you can possibly teach them really you have to try and consolidate what you can and then from sending that work home to parents your the parents role again is is just there to support I think support is a good word as well what would you say quite a lot of parents that we've been speaking to are both working from home and homeschooling their children or having Mm. their children at home what would you say to parents who are doing both of those things working from home and having children at home who are struggling just to get any school work done at all well, I think it's important to have some kind of routine or a timetable just to help give their their children a bit of a, a structure each day. And obviously, if you've got a timetable and then if you're, if you're working yourself as a parent, then if your child's doing a task or some classwork they can be getting on with, then that could be an opportunity for you to be doing a little bit of work um, yourself. But obviously, as parents, you have to be prepared to be flexible you've got to be prepared to be available where possible and again just using that word support your child or children um, in the best way that that you possibly can it's not none of this is an ideal situation but you just have to make sure your child is is supported and hopefully learning in some some capacity but for parents just try not to beat yourselves up about it if things don't go the way you want it to go with their work or indeed their own with with um with work yourselves i think that's really good advice and we keep hearing loads of advice for for parents but as a teacher have you got any tips for children who are now finding themselves not in schools i think really we try and say to the children um try and do what work what school work that you can be helpful to mum and dad around the house try and be kind to their to their siblings to their mums and dads obviously children parents are all under a lot of stress they've got a lot of anxiety so kindness forgiveness we're trying to send home a lot of those a lot of that message um quite regularly even when the children aren't in school um try not to have too much screen time as well it's really important particularly now to try and get outside get in the gardens obviously if you've got one be creative try and be active the best that you can try and learn a new skill as well it's a good advice good advice and also just before we started recording the interview you made a really good point about the fact that now would have been the easter holidays so parents wouldn't have been teaching their children anyway for the next fortnight no that's right i mean this, this is a time now that term is either finished or just about to come to an end this is a time where you can relax with your children you can just switch off from the, the worry of homeschooling and educating your children and just just have that quality time with, with your family and whatever format that looks like i think it's really good advice rich it's lovely to talk to you uh, and i hope you guys stay safe for the next few weeks great thank you very much and don't forget of course if you are listening to these and thinking you know what i'd love to have a chat on the podcast just let lee or myself know and we'll get you on in uh, one of the next coming weeks yeah thank you so much to emma and rich for that conversation some excellent practical advice and now a quick message from ellen our children and families worker 
Hi everyone, it's Ellen here. Just a reminder for families with young children that we have Junior Church online today at 11am. Hope to see you then. Thank you, Ellen. By the way, do feel free to tweet your pictures of you enjoying the podcast wherever you are. Tweet at St Giles Parish using the hashtag St Giles Online. So tweet at St Giles Parish using the hashtag St Giles Online and extra brownie points for pictures that also feature your choice of elevenses. We can have virtual coffee and biscuits together. Although the last time my wife went to Asda, they were out of custard creams. FYI. Let's join together in one final worship song as Will and Lisa lead us with This Is Amazing Grace.
So our time together draws to a close for another week. Um, it's been great to have you with us. I hope you join us again in the future. Uh, this coming Sunday is, of course, Easter Sunday, and we'll have a special Easter Sunday podcast. Uh, Hannah is already practicing Thine Be The Glory uh, with the organ settings on her keyboard, so I'm sure that is going to sound um, fantastic. Um, if you want to keep in touch with us during the week, Facebook and Twitter are the best ways of doing that. Uh, we're posting regularly to both of these. And this week we tried morning prayer online on Wednesday and it was great, it worked. So we'll be doing that again each Wednesday at 10am. You can follow along at home and then you can join in the chat afterwards online. You'll see a link to that on our church website page. Okay, I'm going to close our time together now with a blessing for Palm Sunday and then we'll have Chris Bell playing us out on the organ. May Christ, who accepted the cup of sacrifice in obedience to the Father's will, keep you steadfast as you walk the way of the cross and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.
Giles Online.